gobble, 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 gobble. That's terrible. That's that's the worst. <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number podcast of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast. 263? Question mark. Okay. Gentlemen, how is your Spookloween? For listeners who don't know, Spookloween is the spooky Spookloween name for Spookloween. We didn't get any trick-or-treaters, I think, because we moved the jack-o'-lanterns under the eave so they wouldn't be in the rain and no one could see them. No. Oh. That's my guess. A lot of neighborhoods... So I had uh, to fob off like a ton of candy on uh, made co-working people. A lot of uh, neighborhoods do... Um, Is fob a word? Sure. Okay. Uh, do Halloween on like Thursday, like the 27th or something. Uh-huh. Uh, Why Thursday? I don't know. I think so that the adults don't lose their Friday nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights to walk on their kids around town. Uh-huh. And nobody wanted to do it on a Monday. Or something? I don't, I don't know. We got a few trick-or-treaters. I, I put out the, the your spooky uh, skeleton light oh. that you got me last year uh, to, to attract the attention of children in costumes and their wary parents. Did you then stuff them in the basement? Mm -hmm. We don't really have a basement. It's like a ground-level garage. There, there are no basements on the you West guys, Coast. You guys are all cutting out on me. Huh. Uh, that's bad. Is it? I wonder if it is uh, just the transmission or if it is uh, the recording. Can you still, can, are we still cutting out, Riff? Uh, just, just with that sentence, you stopped. <laughs> okay. Nice. Good. It's good. Uh, video uh, games are good and podcasts are good. Our pumpkins, uh, I didn't realize that this wasn't Arizona and you couldn't make a jack-o'-lantern and then leave it out for like a month and everything would be fine. <laughs> uh, our pumpkins collapsed under the weight of their own mold, mold beards. Uh, okay. This uh, is something I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about. Uh, recording quality. Oh, yeah, oh, you're back. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is likely just uh, the call. The do, phone we, conversation. Should we try? Do uh, we sound bad or just cut or just cut? It's, or yeah, just, it's cut, just cut or just yeah. cut? Am, <laughs> so, I repeating, am so, I repeating? Am I repeating? Am I repeating? Riff, we're like deferring entirely to your expertise here. Does this sound like a Skype error or does it sound like an error that fucks over the podcast in general? I, I have no idea how to tell the difference. Oh. This is a telephone call. Oh. Using the telephone network. It's not VoIP. It is not VoIP. VoIP? It might, also it might be, be VoIP. VoIP. It might secretly be VoIP. It might secretly we be might VoIP. We might be VoIPing. VoIPing and vaping. Those are my two favorite things. If it is secretly VoIP, that would potentially be a problem because the wireless in the studio is not the best. Mm. That's got to be a thing, right? Like, people used to sit at the telephone and smoke cigarettes. Now people have got to VoIP and vape. Sure. Just right, VoIP. I have... I have moved the phone so that it is uh, it is now standing upright, so the uh, the antenna is theoretically <laughs> okay. different. Yeah, it's pointed more. Put at some the rabbit sky. ears on it. Mm -hmm. Hammer down. I kind of wish that there was a a way to extend the antenna of. Was that my phone? It my was. Phone. You could just uh, like jam a jam a bent coat hanger into like your SIM card slot. That work. Couldn't right? I just put. Couldn't I just put the phone in a Pringles can and then point it at sure. you and then it would be yeah. fine? Yeah. You could tie a string just to two Pringle cans. North. Run it to Portland. Yeah. Through that Alameda Weehawken burrito tunnel. Mm -mm. Sure. Siri, what's the distance from here to Portland divided by the speed of sound? Siri, what's the distance between here and Portland divided by the price of string? <laughs> <laughs> 
the, that's probably within our means, right? Like string is real cheap. You could probably sure. get like you could probably get good string too. You could get like jute or something really nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think jute is actually just shitty string. Yeah, yeah. it's like kind of. <laughs> it's just been it's just been rebranded for the uh, the hipster or millennial crowd. They're silly string. Uh, jute jute rules. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. I'm always happy to receive a gift of jute. <laughs> How do you spell this? J U T E. Really? Just mm-hmm. yeah. It's Never that, seen yeah. that. Just I like saw you think. some in the store the other day. You get it like, at oh. Michaels. You, you could get it at Jute when Barn. When I've it, been right? to Michael's. You could get it at Jute R Us. Jute is us. Jutes are us. Judaism. Yeah. J- yeah. There you go. Uh, Jute did 9-11. <laughs> hey, Jute. Don't, don't take it bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Jute. We don't make it bad. Uh, I got Jute for my birthday one year, but then I lost it. Your birthday? Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> also, the cure for the plague of the 20, 21st century. That was a Sean Connery line from Medicine Man. Oh, wow. Dude, oh, no. The right. antenna is no longer pointed at the Pringles Portland. How is how's our audio now, Riff? Uh, still sounds the same. Sounds fine. Okay. So that was our Halloween. Yeah, a bunch of us worrying about the recording quality of this <laughs> podcast. What kind of candy did you buy to give to Halloweeners? Uh, we tried to get a nice variety of it, so I got some Baby Ruth and some Blow Pops. Oh, Blow so, Pops. And so like from that. Baby to Pop, you uh-huh. got the whole yeah. age range. Did, sugar, did you get some Sugar Daddies and some Sugar Babies? If only. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Nice. The little right. ones? <laughs> I yeah. like the way you're enunciating all of these candies. <laughs> uh, so at my house, we had... <laughs> the new segment on this podcast is me enunciating candies. Starburst. Butterfinger, <laughs> Milky Way. Do you only buy candy that you yourself will eat if if zero children arrive? In this case, it was me and Amelia. She she picked out some, and I picked out some. Okay. Um, I, I definitely made this decision based on like what will I not eat by the time the kids are here. Oh, see, it was Monday, so I wasn't going to eat any candy by the time the kids were there on account of my rules about no candy during the week. But boy, boy, is my road trip back to Arizona going to be me and a big bowl of leftover Halloween candy on the seat next to me. And boy, is my car going to have even more candy garbage in it than it did when I gave you a ride to L.A., Jim, you fucking slob. (laughs) That was was last Halloween, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. There was a lot of candy in it. Uh, man, the trip down there, there was like a single cashew that had been ground into paste in the on the floor mat, and I was like, ugh. And then on the way back, it was just Swedish fish, just loose Swedish fish. Oh, man, I wanted to eat those. Yeah, well, I still have them. I can bring them back. Um, man, those Swedish fish are going to be really confused when they when I throw them away in Arizona. <laughs> the fuck happened? I throw all my trash away in Arizona by flushing it down the toilet, so they'll be fine. Right? <laughs> oh, no, they go into a state of suspended animation to... for a while. Oh, yeah. They'll... Swedish fish grow to the size of their containers. So... <laughs> mm. The car in this case. Yeah. The bigger your stomach is, the more calories they are. My, uh, I had a roommate who had one of those plecostomuses, just like the, the sucker fish that you get so you don't have to clean your aquarium as much. Because it eats all the poop and scum and stuff. Uh, th- those apparently also grow to the size of their container because it was like a foot and a half long. It was wow, in like a wow. 50 gallon aquarium. That's because they, I mean, if you're using them to clean the aquarium, they can never excrete themselves. That's true. 
I think they just eat their own shit over and over again. Okay. Kind of like me. It's a closed system. It's a bag, and it would just... Oh, yes. Yes. Just it's just a placostomus onto your, latched onto your stoma. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> It'd be so convenient. And, <laughs> That's so efficient. <laughs> Did you know that they make... Uh, they make uh, opaque, flesh-colored colostomy bags to use while having sex. I thought they were just the the idea being that if a, if your partner sees a transparent bag of your shit just oozing out of a hole in your stomach, <laughs> that they might not enjoy the sex quite as much. That's a thing I. It's learned. not just like a fashion statement. If you want to go to the beach, yeah, yeah, <laughs> get one of those to wear, even though I don't have a colostomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a just a flesh colored bag stuck to the or yeah, a transparent yeah. bag of shit yeah. just to tape to the side of your stomach. Like, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm punk rock. I gotta switch out the <laughs> shit every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you don't want it to get stale, right? <laughs> People can tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, gross. This yeah, this yeah, is worse was, than that, that beard. That <laughs> sorry, over beard fart bladder after uh, from last show. It's okay. It wasn't really that big of a deal. I just it's just like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyway, I'm going to eat a lot of leftover Halloween candy. I also got, uh, they had uh, little mini chewy sweet tarts. I got a bunch Yay. of, you know what I tried to get and could not find? The thing that was always the most delightful to me uh, as a trick-or-treater was getting, like, obscure candies from the, like, Willy Wonka variety pack. Like, the little things of bottle caps. Like, when do you get bottle yeah, caps? Yeah. You never get bottle caps, except, like, three at a time in the little in the little paper pouches. But I couldn't find at either of the stores the Safeway at 30th Street and Mission, which is the worst grocery store on earth. Really? Uh, it's So I went to buy some – I was going to buy some steaks uh, for dinner the other night, and somebody had just – they had put up a sign that was, you know those styrofoam tubs that meat is in before they shrink wrap it at a butcher shop? Mm-hmm. So they'd put up a sign that was one of those, and they had scratched into it. This is an employee at the yes. store. Yes. Oh, Lunch break, 3 colon 4 colon 30, <laughs> back at 5 p.m. <laughs> and you just, what? the butcher counter was just closed at 4.15 on a weekday. Eh. I Like, <laughs> I don't know what time 3 colon 4 yeah. colon 30 is supposed <laughs> to be, but... April was telling me there was a coffee shop that she frequents where usually there is like a, an Asian lady and her daughter working the counter. And this time it was just the daughter. And there was a line going out the door and the daughter was freaking out. And she eventually like locked the door and put up a handwritten closed sign, like locking everybody inside the coffee shop, <laughs> which is just like, I mean, it's these doors to remain unlocked during business hours. <laughs> right. Like, I get it. I get like freaking out about not being able to to handle the workload, but like you got to plan for this. Like tell people you're not going to make food that day, you know? Just the Lowe's that is nearest my house, uh the movie I, theater. <laughs> yes. No, the uh, the hardware store that's like a Home Depot. I of Eight employees that I spoke to the time that I was trying to buy bailing wire, mm-hmm. not one of them knew what bailing wire was. Hmm. One of them told me where it was after telling me that they didn't know where what it was. And did I you, said, "Did you define it for I them?" I said, "What? 
like we had a conversation where we established that she did not know where bailing wire was. And then she said she did not know what bailing wire was. Then she said it's on aisle five. And I said, what is on aisle five? And she said, bailing wire. And I said, I'm pretty sure you're just trying to get rid of me. And when I go to aisle five, there's not going to be any bailing wire there. And she just did not speak. I went to aisle five and there was no bailing wire there. Wire there. So then I went home and ordered some bailing wire on Amazon Prime and did the thing that I was going to do the next day instead of that day. Yeah. Th- that Lowe's was so bad that the hummingbird feeder that I hooked that I hung up with that bailing wire never attracted a single hummingbird. <laughs> Wait, so you bought anti hummingbird bailing wire. <laughs> yes. Was this in Arizona? No, this was here. Okay. I had seen hummingbirds in the yard and I thought, oh, I should put up a hummingbird feeder. But then like it just sat there and yeah. the liquid is still in it. They just, there are no farms in California. So like, why would anybody bail anything? I think Shh, there are lots of farms in California, but no bales. <clears throat> has, has California won this year's no bail prize? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. You win. <laughs> um, it wasn't a contest. I, what, did you? Were you going somewhere? <laughs> no, no, no. I was what? just like trying to like think of why one would not know about bailing wire. Yeah, if there's no farms, where do you tell kids their dead dogs are? You have to send them to farms out of state, so it's even more plausible. Mm, oh, yeah, that's why you can't go see it. Right. Uh, you could go see your dog, but we'd have to kill you. Oh, shit. <laughs> I watched Pet Cemetery last night. Oh yeah, it was. That movie was terrifying to me as a child, and it has gotten real dumb in the intervening 27 years. <laughs> not it, scary I, at I, all. I've not seen it. Is it is it about pets that come back to life? Uh, it's based on the Stephen King novel of the same name. Which uh, is about pets coming back to life? Uh, it's, it's, yeah, sort of. Okay. It's about That's an ancient Micmac yeah. burial ground that will bring things back to life that you bury there. Yeah, I really liked the first half of that book. And then, like, the way they paid it off is by having a zombie three-year-old or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just not – not. and also, I think I think the devil literally showed up in the sky. So, not <laughs> not very exciting. Yeah, Stephen King is better at starting stories than he is at ending them, and, well, and that's fine. He also has no filter, which is good and bad. Don't – would you argue that most authors are better at starting – Oh, I think it's certainly easier to start a story than it is to end a story. But I think my fandom of Stephen King is what has convinced me that meaning meaninglesses are ending. (laughs) So this meaningless that is our life is in the process of ending from the moment it began. So if you live on a farm and you want to get rid of a dog, what do you tell the kid? Mm, You you just make the kid shoot the dog. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Or eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's more real out there. You just feed it to the cat. You tie it up and toss it in with the cat. You toss it in the cat pit. <laughs> oh, the rats in my uh, garage are back. I thought you pied piper them away. Well, I called the landlord who called a man who uh, puttied up some holes Yeah, and put some traps out. I don't know. Maybe this is the smart rat. I am next to that NIM Institute. <laughs> right. <laughs> What have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, I went to go see The Accountant uh, at the Alamo Draft House and really enjoyed it. I Is it about Ben Affleck killing people? I knew basically nothing about it going into it. Okay. Uh, and enjoyed it. Enjoyed 
being surprised about what it was. Okay. It has Ben Affleck in it. Though. It does have Ben Affleck. Okay. In it. So that's not And Anna Kendrick. Okay. Good cast. Actually, the whole cast is really good. J.K. Simmons is in it and a bunch of other. You books. like J.K. Simmons? I do. He's your namesake. Sure. You were named after him. Yes. Him and Richard Simmons. J.K. <laughs> uh, what's Kevin's last name? It's Rowling. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Riff? What did you do for Halloween? Uh, I read most of the new Twin Peaks book that Mark Frost wrote. It is pretty good. The it's it's like a, was there an old Twin Peaks Twin Peaks book? Well, yeah, there were like they published. Uh, Laura Palmer, Laura Palmer's diary as written by <clears throat> David Lynch's daughter. And they published, uh, like an old diary of agent Cooper's. But, uh, there's this more recent thing is like, I think it's called the secret history of twin peaks or something. And it's, it's presented as a dossier that, that someone has found, uh, or that the FBI has found this dossier that someone from twin peaks, has been secretly keeping and uh and Gordon Gordon Cole has given it handed it over to another FBI agent to to research all the information that's that's in it and try and figure out who it was that compiled this document and and it's it's in a sort of dossier format which is awesome and because like for example the very beginning section of it is uh letters from the original Lewis and Clark expedition up in Washington and Oregon. And it has like actual sort of photographs, what the fuck is the word photographs? Uh, it has photographs of, <laughs> of these, like just these, these super authentic looking like old Brown pages with like the handwritten ink and everything on that one side of the page and then like the FBI agent's commentary in a sidebar down the other side of the page. And it's, uh, it's super good. There, there's a couple of weird little, like, and as uh, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself and it goes on from like the Lewis and Clark stuffed and, and goes forward in time until you get to like modern day. And it starts talking about the, the different twin peaks characters, histories and so on. Uh, but there's some weird little, uh, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's some weird little, like, changes. There's, like, some slight changes in canon, like, not important things, but but things that if you've seen the series three or four times like I have, you go, oh, that's not how that that's not how that played played out in the show. So like those guys didn't weirdly like bread? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh. Yeah, it's it's super good, and there's some really weird and unexpected revelations in it. Uh, I don't know if it's stuff that's going to play into the upcoming series or not. But uh, you didn't you didn't go out for Halloween or anything? No, there wasn't anything really happening around here that I heard about. You could have gone to Lovecraft Bar. I guess I could have, although I'm I bet you that Lovecraft Bar is standing room only on Halloween. Oh yeah, I remember the time that we tried to go to Lovecraft Bar last time, and it was standing room only for no good reason, yeah. just on a random day. Just when you said the word away all the seats, is that yeah, yeah? That's a bad reason. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you said the word dossier, it reminded me that if Sid Meier hadn't made that deal with uh, with Microprose, uh, Covert Action might have been a dos ea dossier oh, game. Okay. <laughs> I uh, I thought of something else that we did this past week what's that we kind of almost sort of met david byrne oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) we definitely met we definitely met david yeah 
we didn't like hang out, but we, we sat at a table and had a conversation with him. Yeah, that's true. It was cool. Uh, so one of Amelia's friends works at this art gallery that's down uh, down the peninsula from here in Menlo yeah. Park. And uh, David Byrne has this weird installation piece where you basically go through as a group of like 10 people and they do a bunch of psych and neuroscience experiments On that you, you get to participate in. Yeah. Um, it's called Neuro Society. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. It's uh, it starts out pretty strong. They yeah. show you some really neat visual effects and sort of what what, what would you describe the 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 doll thing? Ah, uh, like a like experience experiences experiences of experiments, uh, which my word for that is photocrap. <laughs> uh, I'm a I'm a photocrapper. Yeah. I'm a real photocrat, uh, really, uh, really in charge of photos, I would say. Uh, like proprioception, uh, okay. adjustment. That's a good word. Like they, uh, like basically giving, setting you up to where you begin to think that something that isn't your body is your body and then messing with your perceptions. Yeah. As a result of that. It's and that was really great. cool. Then there were some parts of it that did not go very well. There were some parts of it that were, that were janky. We were like beta testing it because of, because Amelia's friend was <laughs> like looking for people who would be free on a weekday yeah <laughs> so like during, essentially during she just emailed everyone she knew weekday. who didn't have a real job yeah. um but yeah after it was over uh david byrne was just like hey you guys want to sit down with me outside and tell me what you thought we we're like yes yes we yes, do sir. <laughs> yes we do that would be great uh he was really really nice yeah um i hope they get the kinks worked out of that yeah um because they're gonna be charging for it which is that is true it was the thing is, so they were the, I think at the gallery, they were really kind of uh, worried about it, about how it went. And I think because we have experience with video games, we understand what a shit show something is when it's 98% of the way towards (laughs) done. And so it just like, it's fine and it's going to be fine, but I can understand how the number of things that went wrong would, would make people nervous. Um, there were a lot of actors involved who just like didn't really know their lines yet and stuff. And but man, it was I was so so happy to get that opportunity. Like yeah. it was it was just such a like I didn't I did not expect him to be there. Yeah, me neither. And this is just like the first time it's run, and he was just sort of overseeing it. And yep, it was cool. Yeah. Yep. And then one of the other guys in the group uh, summarized an entire Simpsons Treehouse of Horror sketch. Uh, to David to Byrne. David yeah, like just, <laughs> it was weird. Um, the one where Homer it, keeps going back and forth in time and changing things. It was contextual. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's, mm, yeah. Um, what's Donuts. a donut? Yep. What's a donut indeed? Mr. Simpson. Uh, Jim. Yes. I'm super excited about the Zero Hour Game Jam. Did you do it? Happening this, it's happening this weekend. Oh, Wow, there's Why a did lot I... of game stuff happening this weekend. Why did I believe that it already happened? I it thought happened s- in Europe. Oh, oh. They're on different, they're oh. different time zones. So SOS changes yeah. times at a different time than you do. Yeah. It's, it's all... just SOS and you are the arbiters of it, right? For, for, well, I mean, he, it's pretty much just him. It's this weekend? Like, we're the only participants. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, God, I actually don't know. I think it's Sunday morning, even though the website says Saturday morning. Do you okay. have to do it? Between that those that hour and that other hour, <laughs> well, if, if if you do it any other time, it's a one hour jam. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah, that's the joke. 
It's just in the middle of the night, though. Yeah, it's uh, you start at two a.m., you end at two a.m. Right. So if you were already going to be up till three, then God, that sucks. I'm not because I'm driving to Arizona that day, so I can't stay up and do it. Although you, you could pull over to the side of the road. <laughs> well, no, I'm driving to Arizona like at, when I get up that day. Be, you'll be there by then. No, I'll be here, but it will be four be, hours before oh, I need to wake right. up and drive to Arizona, yeah, okay. which I don't like. I can't. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I am not sure yet. So the last time I still don't work in Unity as fast as I worked in Flash, but the last time I made a Flash game was the last zero hour jam. And I think the time before that was the zero hour jam before that. Um, so I'm super out of practice with that tool set. And this one is a little bit more, you know, heavyweight in terms of like how long everything takes to do. So I'm concerned about that. You could just use twine or something. What, well, what I should have done is, you know, taken a couple of days to learn Pico eight. Oh yeah, man. That I, I bought one of those little, uh, what's it called? The, uh, uh Chip, 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 chip thing. Yeah, the little, oh, yeah. the little mini computer that runs Pico Eight. I, I think like, thing. yeah, it looks awesome. The thing that I think would have pushed me over the edge is actually if it had a D pad mm. instead of like a couple of like four crappy buttons yeah. for the for for direction controls. I backed that Kickstarter and I got one in the mail. And I just haven't even opened it. I haven't done anything with it. Should bring it in and give it to me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, I love, I haven't really messed you with can... Pico 8 much, but I love that the format is like the, it, the save file for it is literally like a PNG picture of a little yeah. video game cartridge. <laughs> it's like you have a little image of a video game cartridge and that is literally the cartridge for this game. Well, and I think the way you distribute games is by having like a screenshot that has the 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 cart data in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really cool feature. Puzzle yeah. script is a really fast way to make games. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Just do that. I might leave later in the day. I really want to do this. It's really cool. Like is there like a place is there like a Slack people hang out in while they're doing it? I should ask Sos. Well, you can't talk to people while you're making a game in an hour or zero hours in this case. You could if you were on like a like a conference telephone call where you were just chatting, freaking out about yeah, yeah. Like I, I have so for a while, Daniel Moore before he had kids and moved out of God, I, I say he moved as if that like as if that's why I've never heard from him since then. Like he moved out to the sticks, so I can't talk to him online either. It was it was that having kids that stopped him from doing this for a while. He was doing a one hour jam every day. Huh. Mm. Wow. And I did that with him a few times and like, at least for me, like if I'm trying to make a game in an hour, having somebody try to talk to you while you're doing it is infuriating. Okay. Yeah. I can like, see cause that. I don't I can't even spare the conversation to tell people to shut up. Is there a place that these things get collected or there is, uh, if you go to zero H jam dot EU, um, where zero H game dot EU shit. I forget. I linked to it on my Twitter. <laughs> Just go is there. There. I mean, I guess you have to be tired for it to make sense, right? That's well, part of it. Well, what do you for what to make sense? That you have to do it then. I mean, it's part I mean, of the experience. Part of the experience is doing it at the at that time. I'm well, okay, so that's actually this is like one of those things where like is red the same for you as it is for me because for me, being awake at 2 a.m. and working is just my normal state. Right. 
but for like a day person, very much not so. And yeah. so like part of the experience is being awake at 2 a.m. and working, whether that's normal for you or not. That yeah, can, that can inform your game. I would love to see like if 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 only the submission page had a checkbox for like whether you're a night owl. Hmm. Like, what did, did you stay up unusually oh, like you late? Get to, bonus points if you, or at least like I would love to just like be able to look at the like play some games and compare. Yeah, there's no there's no actual like scoring system or anything, but yeah, it's uh I, I will definitely ask. Actually, I should just ask Sos what slacks he hangs out in because there's got to be a few cool ones. Did you know he's Polish? Uh, no, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it just it just occurred to me that like I grew up hearing Polish jokes about Polish people, and okay. now I actually know Polish people, and it never occurred to me to connect those two things in my head. Yeah, I feel like the the I feel like the Polak jokes of our youth were so disconnected so from abstract. anything real yeah. that it was yeah. basically like because it's a category of joke that is about whatever group your group thinks is dumb. Yeah, and like Midwestern white people don't have one. <laughs> Right, because right. they never see anything other than it's, Midwestern white people. Um, so I feel like it gets it's it's probably and probably always was actually city people. You know, yeah. Like I don't know of a time when there was like localized, widespread belief that poles were dumb. <laughs> yeah, I I bet those jokes were like a couple of generations old at least yeah. when we heard them. The yeah. Because then there's there's also like the is it the Lena and Oli like what is the the Sven and Oli yeah the Lena and Oli is something else I well I mean uh, maybe it's like if you need a woman it, in the joke I, I feel like that was like Garrison Keillor's version of right. of that joke mm-hmm. uh, but are those not actual sort of Midwestern Scandinavian things like is that not like Northern the, the, Midwest is maybe a thing where that's the culture yeah. yeah. I guess those are more about eating weird food and stuff than they are about like being dumb. Mm. What is it? Luther it's Lutherans, it's about being untrustworthy. <laughs> um Garrison Keeler. He's great. <laughs> um, I actually really do think that a prairie home companion is pretty good. I know that that just means that I'm a thousand years old, but <laughs> uh, I like it, tales from like Wobegon. There's I'm not yeah. as excited about all the other pieces of a uh, prairie home companion. Oh, we went to a play. That's another thing that we did oh, since yeah. the last show. Really, we went and saw really fucking good. Did you really? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I liked it. Tom Stoppard's new play. Yeah, uh, what is it? The Hard Problem. Yeah, he hasn't written. I think this is the first play in like a decade. Yeah. Mm. Wow, Tom Stoppard's great. He did. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Rosemary and Gilderson are dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another play of his that I really liked uh, is Arcadia. Um, if you have, if you ever have a chance to see that performed should do so um yeah so this is a hard problem was about like consciousness and it was like set in like 2008 during the financial crisis or right right around the financial crisis yeah and it was sort of san francisco tech culture-y kind of kind of too um yeah i i i liked it okay i'm hesitant to say i thought it was really good because i haven't i didn't and have yet to think about it all that much Mm. um it was like i 
I described this to Amelia. That was the same day as the David Byrne thing. Oh, and I was right. like, man, today is the day that I see the newest works by old men who I liked the stuff they did in their 30s. <laughs> and I'm not sure how to feel about it. Uh, like, it was a weird... Like it was a weird perspective day for me for yeah. for old for old Zach. Um, I don't know. I hope I'm still making stuff that is at least as good as that play and that uh, installation when I am in my seventies. Uh, Although the David Burns on his seventies, that I wanted to mention, this was happening last week, and I forgot to bring it up, is that uh, whenever Melissa would send out a text to somebody that was not an AT and T customer, it would arrive in Chinese. <laughs> Whoa. What, like a translation Weird. service would go over it or was just reinterpreted as it like was just, it was just arriving in pushing Chinese it characters. the door of one of those Chinese rooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you, you know how like you can certain phrases will fool notepad and thinking this is like a UTF 16 encoded oh, text huh. file. Okay. Like this I wonder not, or yeah, not like, like every one of the things she says just happens to be a, <laughs> or like enough typos will get go- will get Chrome to say it looks like this page is in Dutch. Right. Would you like us to translate it? <laughs> uh, but apparently, so if you go online and you search for this, this is a problem that a lot of people have been having. Uh, and there was just some weird issue with AT&T that was causing a particular like version of iOS and uh, like a uh, AT&T problem that like just collided. Huh. They just like changed the font to a to a Chinese character yeah, set or something. I don't I don't know what the actual technical issue was. It took it took a couple of weeks for it's finally resolved now, but it took her like being on the phone with AT&T representatives and then also a software update to like get everything back to normal. Remember that problem that Raf Coster and I had with our debit cards <laughs> where uh, whenever we would uh, eat at a restaurant that used the Aloha point of sale system, the receipts would just come out in French. <laughs> like it would always ask us, it would, it would display the montant and then ask us what kind of pourboire we wanted to <laughs> provide to leave. Yeah. And then the total, <laughs> I don't know what that, I don't know what that meant. Uh, but yeah, it was just some weird bug in that, that particular, I isolated it to a particular point of sale system, but. Then I got a new debit card and it stopped happening. So you just need to find the, you need to find the right point of sale system. <laughs> That's true. That one that one throws it into French with a different point of sale system. Yeah. I played a video game. Yeah. What? Uh, I played a game on my telephone on my uh, on my smart telephone mm. device called Plants vs Zombies Heroes that I learned about from our uh, video games hot dog Patreon backer Slack or our Patreon yeah, Slacker. We were told several times. To yeah. Check it out. Um. It is like Hearthstone, but with plants versus zombies characters and weird lane, uh, lane based a, a cool combat. lane structure. Yeah. Uh, a have, lane you, have you checked it out? Structure. Yeah. Huh. A lane noony structure. A. I was going to say Katie Lang, but that's <laughs> it, not. It definitely close enough. It definitely derives a lot of the same kind of. Uh, advantages over like magic and other card games that hearthstone innovated with so you owe every turn you get one more like mana basically it's weirdly asymmetric um you have like things that you can play in the in the lanes there are five lanes typically one of them is an elevated lane and one of them is a water lane and there are certain things that get advantages from being on elevated lanes there are certain things that can be played in the water um it is 
entirely asymmetric in terms of the, like one player is always the plants and one player is always the zombies and no, they have completely, completely orthogonal sets of cards to build yeah. decks from. Okay. Um, there are creatures that you play and then there are spells that you play. The What happens first is that the zombies play their creatures mm-hmm. and then the plants play their creatures and their spells and then the zombies play their spells and then the board fights like the the board state resolves um and everything just attacks the thing that's across from it um in order from left to right which can be which yeah can make a huge difference difference. it's also got this weird thing that i kind of don't like actually like i i'm sure it exists for a reason in the design but you have this shield around your life total that every time you get hit one two or three little bars fill up on the shield and when the eighth bar fills up, that hit doesn't count, and you get a free card that you can play immediately for spell. free yeah. if you want, like a spell that's associated with the class of of player that you are. Um, Very strange. It is really weird, and it just bites you in the ass if you because it's difficult to predict because the number of hits that it takes to trigger it is anywhere from three to eight, and it doesn't matter how much damage it does. So you just have to kind of like it it adds a weird risk reward and it makes it really matter like which of your plants is furthest to the left. Like if you have lethal damage on the board, but it's far to the left and they only have one sliver of left on their shield thing, then that damage just isn't going to happen. Except certain plants have there is a keyword that lets it ignore that. Oh, I didn't know. There's a keyword that does damage without filling the shield. Uh, there's a keyword that does damage to everything in the lane and the player. There's sort of like a like a super trample. Okay. Su- like super tramp. Uh, it's like fog hat. It's a lot like that. Um, uh, what are the other, you know, there's like, there's some weird other. There's like modif- So like normally you can only have one plant per lane, but sometimes oh, yeah, there are modifier plants. Oh, yeah, plants. So you can, yeah. Um, it's... It's got a lot of mechanics. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's comprehensible to me because I have played a ton of Hearthstone and a ton of Plants vs. Zombies. Yeah. I don't know that it would be very accessible to someone without both of those things being true. It I, I felt like even as somebody who was very familiar with both properties that I could have stood a, a tutorialization that was twice as long just teaching me, like going into more details instead of just letting me figure it all out. Um, potentially, but apparently they feel like that's enough, like five minutes. I mean, arguably it was right. We both understand it. Sure. Uh, And there's a ton of uh, versus computer play like scenarios. Yeah. Uh, Does that just go on forever or is that end? I've gotten to like 12 or 15 encounters deep on both sides without running out of stuff to do. I have like no interest in playing it against other people. Like actually constructing a deck. I mean, maybe if I had it on a computer rather than the phone and the UI was a little better for like building a deck. How uh, do you just pick whether you want to play as a plant or a zombie and then yeah. play a person? There was a tool tip that was like, if the cues for a game are too long, try being a zombie. I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> that's. um. When you're buying packs, you can pay a little bit of extra currency to get packs that are just plant cards or packs that are just zombie cards. 
which is interesting. This really aggressively free-to-play monetized. There's like a new special deal every day that's like another thing that you can get for $3 or $5. Um, it has this... The, the, the optimal way to buy packs is to wait until you have like just a ridiculous amount of in-game currency and then buy them all at once because you get a bunch of bonus packs and they're like guaranteed to have a bunch of super duper rares and stuff in them. Yeah, but that's no fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, that said, it's fun without spending any money. That's true. I mean, Hearthstone, I think. Like, I've spent a bunch of money on Hearthstone, but like, Hearthstone is pretty generous with cards for people who don't pay. Yeah, if you're just willing to, pl- to play every day, I feel like it's just a matter of time before you get all the things that you need yeah uh yeah plants versus zombies heroes yeah that's that's basically all i have played as well i played like a half hour of titanfall 2 last night uh because what system pc does that game have a single player campaign yeah really Uh, that's what convinced me i because i saw chris thurston tweeting about how good it was and i and he was only talking about the single player and i said would you recommend this to somebody who is has zero interest in the multiplayer? And he said, yeah, he compared it to the new Wolfenstein. Okay. Like in terms of its single player campaign, I did not find myself like immediately just bowled over with charm. Uh, but yeah, I, I also should be playing it on easy instead of normal because it, I think just assumes a level of, I'm super interested in the, uh, the parkour aspects of it. I saw a couple of like animated sequences from there that kind of made me ill and I was like I don't know that I could play this yeah just like the fast zooming around the environment you try it in VR mode instead mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah. oh shit I also played a gross VR game Ooh. that was gross in a lot of ways in which ways yeah uh, so it was I so this sounds like the perfect thing for me I forget exactly what it was called but it was something like ghost town mine ride spooky adventure that does <laughs> or something perfect. it's just if, like if it, it was, just if it had eggs in it i think it'd be <laughs> yeah it just keeps piling on the piling on the zack words uh and so it's a vr game where you are you are exploring a condemned wild west theme park that's perfect wow. yeah uh and uh you you go through but you have your one uh, Vive controller is a flashlight and you have another Vive controller that's a gun and that's fine. Except that the way that you move is by pulling the trigger <laughs> on the flashlight and you just move in. You just slide in whatever direction the flashlight is pointed. Is that a teleport? So just no, it is not a teleport. So oh, just okay. moving around is nauseating. Yeah. And then when you get in the mine cart, I was like, I can't wait to get in the fucking mine cart so that like the obvious way of not making me barf will start happening. But it turns your view when the minecart turns. Oh, no. So it's like, fuck, you literally did everything wrong. <laughs> and wow. also, the, I did not, I, I stuck with it for a while. Just, like, I managed to, like, like you can get used to that. Like, you can just start, like, okay, I'm just going to. Dramamine. I, well, sure. Uh, you can, like. I'm just always going to look in the direction that the minecart is going and not like, and when I, when I see that the minecart is about to turn, I'm going to just like sort of not move around while that's happening. Cause that's when it gets real motion sick. But then you start getting attacked by skeletons that sneak up on you from behind and it's real fucking uh, scary. And I quit playing. So on the minecart. Yeah. Bad. 
It, yeah, I mean, the thing is probably, like, there's, I think you could make a good game out of the stuff that's in that game, uh, but, man, I don't know why. <sighs> like, the teleport is not perfect, but, like, this... It is required. This, it's, yeah, you just, if you, tr- like, try out other things, because, like, maybe somebody's going to discover a great thing, but this is obviously definitely not it, and it makes me sad that... You can't just like have a teleport mode. Yeah, a lot of these VR games are made by small enough teams that it's totally possible for nobody but on the team none of them to had the same issues. Yeah, color blindness like that. Yeah, yeah. We had so many colorblind people in the room with joggernauts, right? <laughs> many different things. What have you been playing, Jim? The maid just got a couple of uh, flash carts. So they have now put away all the N64 games and all the Game Boy games and just have, like, a single cart in the Game Boy and a single cart in the N64, and they just have, what like, every game for both systems available from a menu. I played uh, Robotron 64, Hmm. which more than anything feels like a a jam game like a unity like let's take a weekend to make a robotron sequel jam game um and a lot of that is just like we don't know how to make a 3d game it's our first 3d game it's our first game for this console i think it was like maybe if not a launch title very early um and it it's incredible how like sloppy it is and some like it's like 20 frames a second which is not good for a game like robotron but it's also really easy, which is also not good for a game <laughs> like Robotron. <laughs> it's very strange. It's still fun because Robotron is fun. Yeah. You know, it's still like you're – it's really actually kind of hard to make twin stick shooter mechanics not fun, which is – Did the Nintendo 64 have two analog sticks? Uh, no, but you can play it with two controllers. Okay. Uh, or wow. you can do what I did. Which is you play with, uh, you can play either with the left, the, with a center stick and the D pad, or center stick or the D pad and the C buttons. Okay. Which works fine. Yeah, I like a twin stick shooter where the directions are locked on the gun as opposed to one where you either have to use an analog stick to shoot in a very finely granular direction yeah. or the worst is a mouse cursor. The worst is Hotline Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not or a fan nu- of that Or either. Nuclear Throne. Like, I, I would love Nuclear Throne if it were Binding of Isaac controls. Like, even if it would be impossible, that would, like, even if that would make it twice as difficult, I would still rather have that option. Like, how could that be harder than the mouse aiming? Well, for people who are good at it, like, you have a much, like, there are just enemies that you wouldn't be able to hit, right, if you couldn't shoot diagonally, (laughs) for instance. Like, Sure. I don't know. I've gone on at length about this before, but the could thing that not, I think is... But in- could you not shoot diagonally with pressing both buttons? Like, Yeah, can, maybe you could. Yeah. I mean, Robotron's what? Eight, what eight if you direction? kind Robotron of... Yeah, is eight Robotron way, is eight-way, yeah. yeah. So that that seems like the best yeah. solution. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I have said this before, but I like the thing that I think is interesting about the Binding of Isaac only allowing you to shoot in four directions is that it makes an enemy who shoots on the diagonals a different threat than an enemy who shoots on the horizontals and verticals. Yeah. And I think that that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The binding of Isaac, um, because it originated as a flash game, like necessarily, uh, there were a, 
the design decisions are like they could not have made a game like Robotron or Smash TV with thousands of enemies on the screen at once. Um, and so they made each enemy itself be interesting, like with just a few of them. And that was one of the ways they did it was by differentiating between the different enemy types that way and having them interact in interesting ways with each other. I was actually going to say that like binding up, like in following up to the idea that it's very easy to make a twin stick shooter fun. Like I actually think the twin stick controls in binding of Isaac are pretty bad and it's fun despite the controls. What do you think is bad about them? Uh, the, the slipperiness of the main character like the, the 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 momentum of it, I think, makes it um, makes it feel really squishy and not very precise. Mm. I feel that way about the shooting. I do not feel that way about the movement. That's interesting. The mo- the shooting like that is what kind of like lets you shoot diagonal ish with that. Right. Yeah. yeah, the bullets get some momentum from you, which is nice. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Really well, and I, and that, that that is, I, I do think that's an interesting decision and probably necessary for their limitations. The fact that it's a two D game and the height of your bullets above the ground is meaningful. Yeah, I think is that, also I annoying. Didn't I, think that I guess because you're, when you're flying or something. No, no. How, no, like there are enemies that shoot in arcs. Okay, and you can't. The, the bullets won't hit you if they are above you. Okay, like, and like you can tell where they are by the shadow. It's, but it's not. Yeah. If you're standing lined up with a fire, a lot of your tears just don't hit it. And I think that's just like flash limitation, bad collision detection, as opposed to like a choice. <laughs> like there's just weird. Did they preserve that in Rebirth? I don't think so. But I think that's part of the reason that I liked playing as the one-eyed character is because uh-huh. all the tears were coming out at the same spot, which just made the shooting way easier. Um, that's That's smart. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Robotron 64 and anything else? I played uh, also on the N64 Blues Brothers 2000, hmm. uh-huh. which like I had heard was a uh, like it's clearly a game that is like inspired by Mario 64 and Banjo Kazooie and trying to be like those games, but not having the having the the developer bandwidth to actually make interesting spaces or the polish that those kinds of games require. It's, they do a bunch of, I don't know how to convey the experience of playing this game. It's, there's a whole lot of really like interesting, weird, bad design decisions, like a thousand tiny ones that I don't think I could summarize. I actually do recommend people to go look at a let's play of this thing. It is really poorly made in a really interesting way. (laughs) Do you play as both of the Blues Brothers? Uh, in Blues Brothers 2000, um, the John Belushi character is dead. Huh. Like so, in the movie? Yeah. So is he a ghost? Uh, I don't. I think he just doesn't show up. Huh. Why is it Brothers? Uh, I think I actually saw the movie and I don't remember this, but I think like the other people that Elwood plays music with um, are the brothers as well or they're called anyway i don't know i never really understood i mean the blues brothers on saturday night live were before my time but the movie feels categorically different to me than other saturday night live character movies like really does because they're feels like a, um, a movie and not just an extended saturday night live sketch 
Yeah, like they're cool. Yeah. Is part of it, right? Like they're not just annoying. It's not like you know, like if they made a the church lady movie or like yeah. it's Pat or god god awful. I, I wonder I like girl that sticks her fingers in her armpits. Movie, didn't they, they did, yeah. yeah. But yeah. they they made a movie about the guys who bob their heads in a car. Yeah. Um <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. Um I wonder okay yeah, yeah wayne's, wayne's world right. very similar to the blues brothers in the sense of like and i wonder like how much of that is like you don't know until you try to write a whole movie yeah. whether the characters, whether the can, characters can survive, survive. yeah but then like once you've written the script and you find out you can't support the movie why do you fucking make it no, well you already got it you point. already got the money for it yeah. right yeah. like you already well, you don't write the script to like yeah that's a good yeah you don't write you, nobody knows until you write the script so you don't write the script until you already have the money mm-hmm. it's, locked it's like down. first you first they throw you the grail and then you throw them the whip right. like it's, <laughs> okay good i'm glad that wayne's world i'm glad that you thought of wayne's world because that is a, another that is an example of one where it's not like i mean the characters are just a thing that you can relate to maybe more yeah, so than just yeah. a thing where like, Oh, I just have a dumb tick and that's my, right. that's yeah. my character. Yeah. You know, like the David S pumpkins movie would not be very good. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I, I see people referring to this character, David S pumpkins, but I haven't watched Saturday night live in years. So I have, what, what is this? Character? Just watch, the, just watch just the, the skit. skit. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, at, like I saw like Griffin McElroy tweeting about it before it like became this huge phenomenon. And I was like, I don't know, man, if I don't know if I can like believe that there's anything, there are any jewels left in this, in this <laughs> mess. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That was really good. <laughs> like okay. that was a really good sketch. You know, the next thing that I would like to see is people taking like funny, like dog gifs and making movie length versions of those. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I want a movie about that guy who tries to jump through the ice of the frozen swimming pool and just like I that does makes, it. that just hurts me to yeah. watch every single time. And then he I just yells, Oh called- mine arsh, mine arsh, mine arsh. I think that movie is called Jackass. Yeah, okay. Okay. Fair enough. That guy does kind of look like Steve O. He's like the he's Stevo. He's the Steve O. He's the O with umlauts. Uh there are definitely funny dog movies. Like Air Bud. Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beethoven's yeah. second. Yeah, that's that's about the quality I would expect. Uh Marmaduke. Was there a Marmaduke movie? I don't I don't know. There had to have been a Marmaduke movie. An animated series. Clifford the Big Red Dog. I had a Clifford the Big Red Dog Halloween book when I was a kid. Okay. Was was Clifford dressed up as different things? I think he dressed up as a ghost with uh like a big sheet. That's really good. Yeah, I think I it's like pretty that good. A lot. <laughs> yep. Like what would be great is if like they came up with a bunch of novelty Clifford costumes, oh, like, yeah. a bunch of different things. That's slightly movie. larger red dog. Yeah, <laughs> like, bigger uh, look. Uh, v- uh, only very slightly larger blue dog. <laughs> was he was he the size of a house? I yeah. think he's really like that. Yeah, he varied. Yeah, he, he uh, definitely there was, there was like no grew. consistency. So Clifford, the big relative. Sometimes he was slightly do- taller than Han dog. Solo. Sometimes not quite as tall. <laughs> oh yeah, which has led fans to believe that there were two of them. <laughs> Han Duho. <laughs> uh, we don't have time to go to IKEA right now, Kevin. <laughs> you play anything, Riff? Uh, I played some uh, iPad, iPhone games. The uh, I think I've talked about the series before. It's the 
the Cube Escape slash Rusty Lake series. Uh, yeah, Cube, Cube Escape is like their their bite size free um, room escape games, and then the Rusty Lake are the the long full length uh, two three dollar ones. Uh, they're they're like super like surreal and kind of disturbing Twin Peaksy kind of theme things, and they came out with uh, two new Cube Escapes and uh, Rusty Lake Roots, which sort of tells the, the the story of the strange family that that originally owned this mansion before it became the Rusty Lake Hotel, and it's it's good stuff. Uh, if you like a if you like the sort of Twin Peaks surreal tone, and or if you like a room escape, they're uh, they're well worth picking up. Uh, I'm sensing was... a theme to all of the things you're talking about. Yeah, well, podcast. you know, Halloween. <laughs> uh, I also just uh, because I couldn't wait for uh, because I couldn't wait for the new Pokemon game. I started playing Pokemon X, and that is pretty good. But I don't know that there's a lot to say about it. It has a real weird. Uh, little not even a mini game it's got this feature where you can edit together a 10 second music video as a pr clip for your pokemon trainer which have, why have we not seen some twitter gold I, riff i i posted it on twitter nobody what i did I, I there's no way to get it out of the game except to take like a super shitty phone video of it of of your 3ds that's screen. probably why so it doesn't yeah, look bummer. very good uh but yeah i posted that, it on twitter yeah. and and didn't get any likes because nobody knows what is good because because my yeah, video even, is fucking great i am a I pokemon even, video auteur that, i didn't even see it that I, really should be like a feature to to, to tweet this to video export, yeah, yeah. yeah well, from yeah. a 3ds that's not gonna fucking happen there's you can use 3ds to play the uh, pokemon twitch games <laughs> no, like isn't there because it connects to the internet the, the right 3ds so can connect be... to the internet yes yeah but nintendo got, is not no, going to exactly, add it like, nintendo is not going to add a twitter api to a first party yeah there's no way game like but it has like they've got youtube and stuff they could like you could just export it as a video and post it yeah i mean you'd think online. but also but remember that to get a screenshot of like most games on the 3DS, you have to you have open to actually like take a photo. Well, no, you you have to go into like you have to pause that app, pause the game you're in, and open the Meverse app and wait for that <laughs> to load, and then make a Meverse post with just nonsense in it, so that it'll let you attach a screenshot of the game, so that it'll put that screenshot into your screenshots folder so you've just posted this nonsense to meverse just so that you can get this photograph and then you can go manually into your into your uh, screenshots folder and tweet from that <laughs> and it's awful <laughs> and pokemon x does not even support it it's like there are some games that you can't even do that and pokemon is one of them <laughs> it's the huh. worst but ugh. maybe they'll get it right with the switch guys. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully. Well, at least the switch is portable. So you could take it upstairs and put in your scanner. Yeah. <laughs> and you can get, get a yeah, screenshot. That and, way. It, and unlike a 3ds, it's nice and flat. 
Yeah. So <laughs> it'll work. Yeah. You don't have to like smash the Xerox machine lid over top of it like a yeah. like a hardback book. <laughs> what happens if you put a monitor on a scanner? Bar? I don't know. Oh, I, like tear a hole into a new universe. We, I mean, we, let's find out as soon as we're done recording this podcast. I have this very flat iPad and, and, I, have a, and I have a scanner downstairs because it's it is projecting light, but it's going to have there is still going to be some contrast. Variance, I, right? I am guessing that it, what will come out of the scanner is just nothing is like all white or all black. Maybe you'll see the inside of the iPad. Oh, <laughs> I'm we I'm I really want to know because I I am not a hundred percent sure. What if you what happens if you scan a mirror? Why Ooh. why in thirteen and a half scanner, years right? have we not of having this? a scan? Have we not tried any yeah, of these? Things? Another scanner comes out. Yeah. What happens if you scan another scanner? What if they are scanning? <laughs> oh, they're scanning each other. Have you ever tried to scan a cat? <laughs> no. <laughs> there's I heard there's a lot of ways. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the the result is a lot like the the glitchy panoramic shots you've seen. Okay, where like the cat's moving around. Well, oh, that's really good. The, those are the best. Yeah, the one where you end up with like picture of a cat with just two legs, and it's just right, the, right, the yeah. opposite of a centaur, except it with a cat head. Didn't Kevin? Didn't one of your friends make bonsai cat? Mm-hmm. Bonsai kitty? Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. a classic site. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to talk about this assignment? Warcraft Adventures, Chief of the Lords Clan? Sure. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't figure out how to download it. Wait, I was like, what? Oh, I was like looking around. I ended up watching a video. I, I was looking around. The, like, the closest thing I found was like... Warcraft 2. Ab- well, it was an abandoned wear site that said it had the Warcraft Adventures download, but it turned out to be an April Fool's joke well, from that was like five years, years ago. ago. Yeah. Oh. But, was but that, that ab- aban- ab- Abandonia? Was, was Something the, like that, yeah. They, but they had another one that also that actually had a file attached, yeah. but it was Warcraft Two. The, the, <laughs> yeah, and uh, and unfortunately, that was the site where I got my info that you could run this thing on DOSBox, which turned out not to be the case. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really so, funny. So I ended up uh, watching it on YouTube as well. I got a copy of it uh, months, like the day that it leaked. I got a copy of it from Justin Bortnick on the Video Games Hot Dog Patreon Slack. Uh, so that's another reason to support us on Patreon and join the Slack. You get this fucking sick zero-day wares. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if you can he reposted call it again today. Day. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Would it, would yeah. it be yeah. like <laughs> hundreds of days wares 18, or like yeah. negative 18 days times 365 days. Six, yeah. Six, yeah. Yeah. Like, so I blame like not having pirated a game in 10 years for this. Like, oh, I just am out of practice. <laughs> I did... I did uh, get a couple of malware downloads that Windows Defender immediately deleted. Nice. So. That's good. Yeah. Hmm. I played the first half hour, hour of it. Yeah, me too. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to play some more of this tomorrow. And I went back this morning to load my saves and there were none. There weren't yeah. any. Ah, good. Yeah, just yeah. warned me about that when I when did I not know about that. They didn't implement that part. Uh, I ended up just watching. I, I ended up kind of skimming, half watching a video of it. It is not very good, and no, I understand why they canceled it's it. It's definitely and... not up to Blizzard standards. Uh, definitely in the writing, and also the puzzles were very obvious. Like obvious as in they were too easy, or yeah, like, like 
Hmm. I mean, maybe it's just me being used to adventure game puzzles, but I was totally as as the the guy I was watching was playing through. I was like, okay, so you get that and give that to that guy, and that is that guy, and, and you you need to get this from that guy to give to that guy, and it, it all turned out to be right. So that's what Blizzard does, right? They take uh they take a genre and then they make a very polished, very approachable, very accessible version of it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like maybe the very accessible version of the adventure game is either Loom or it's just it does not exist. Boring because it's too easy. Yeah. I think well, this game is bad because of like the writing and the art yeah. and the, the, the animation art was not like, the worst for the time, but the writing was certainly no great shakes. The, but like if, uh, an adventure game that is this easy to f- like to finish nowadays would not be out of place at all with like Telltale. Yeah, that's mm, true. true. You, I the art I don't think is bad, but there is no way that that Blizzard even before that would do a thing where there were like three different art styles mixed on the screen at the same time. And that yeah, was yeah, that's true. what it reminded every... me of was like Hanna-Barbera animation where like the, the actual beginning, animated the parts were really bad. Like they were amazingly like, cartoony. I was like, wow, is this what the game is going to be like? And the, it was like masters of the universe caliber. Like, yeah, there's, there's a certain nostalgic appeal to that. I mean, they were, they were, gonna ship it on a cd-rom right yeah and there was a lot of video footage so fine whatever i liked that there was a little um video doot sound before each (laughs) each uh, clip played uh a lot of like little repeated remarks maybe if i had some salt yeah Yeah. (laughs) god damn it uh because that uh, that, that, the mouth action was was a bunch of different possible actions because it was yeah. like talk to this person, eat this thing, spit on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the case in like Curse of Monkey Island as well, but and Full was, Throttle. I mean, that, throttle, yeah, yeah, this thing was very, very clearly a descendant of Full Throttle. Like sure. just the size of the characters, the way they were animated, the way you know, the... a lot of bespoke animations for stuff. This yeah. must have taken a lot of effort to then throw away. Uh, I like that Thrall is voiced by National Treasure Clancy Brown. <laughs> was uh did the rat ever do anything in that opening cage like, could you do anything with the rat i don't, I don't think so at... just so you that watch was a little a... video yeah just a little like neat thing you got to see of a mad rat <sighs> that's interesting because it because it was so prominent like it was such a different kind of experience i thought for sure there had to be some kind of easter egg kind of interaction with it but apparently not that's a case where, because it was the only thing like that, it seemed very important. It seems weird that the game would be this done, and they would decide, no, we shouldn't even try to sell this. I think, it, like, I heard that it was because of this is it was like Curse of Monkey Island or something had just come out and also and done terribly, and it was like, well, there's no market for this. And it, Grim Fandango too. I mean, yeah, that our was, game is not as good as those, and it, they did not sell. So let's yeah. not even tarnish our Im- tarnish our reputation. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Are. Do you think they were worried about tarnishing their image? I, I, think, I so. think they. I think that was around the time when like that that probably became clear to them that like having a series of really good games and a good reputation was important to not just like them, like their mental state, but also to like their brand. Because this would have been. After Warcraft 2, mm-hmm. 
before after before Warcraft three, before Starcraft, around the same time as Starcraft. Starcraft was like ninety seven. This was supposed to come out. Oh, this wow. was this now was supposed to, to come about... out in ninety seven, and it was pushed back to ninety eight, and then canceled in ninety eight. I wanna I wanna go back and read the like diaries, the Starcraft diaries, because I wonder how this plays into because that that must this must have been an entire additional team at Blizzard working on this. In this, if they were divided into teams, what are the point. Starcraft diaries? The the one that you pointed me to was it like was it that it was like Warcraft and Starcraft? The, the one of the developers at Blizzard just writing like oh, memoirs. Oh shit! Yeah, I had completely forgotten about that. I should read that again. Yeah, they were really interesting. Just just the like both the technical stuff that they had to do and also the sort of politics of the time and how what it took to get a game done and how it took way longer than they expected every single time this game also gets real politically weird in the middle <laughs> oh, does it? I, the... I i stopped right before uh the the like electrical puzzle or whatever like, well, like let's go to the orc reservation where all of the orcs yeah. are being kept docile by being given booze by wow. the and yeah like it's huh that's pretty overt yeah and i mean and Zul'jin is running a pawn shop, which is super weird. <laughs> yeah. And there's a bong on the table. Like, it's described as an elf skull lamp, oh, okay. but it is just a fucking graphics bong. It is it is a skull with, like, a vase inside it, and there is a pipe sticking out of the mouth of the skull. Like... It is just a graphics bong with the clown skull. And there's even like some things on the side of it that are like in the same sort of profile as the jester's cap on the graphics bong skull. Huh. <laughs> like it feels like, I mean, so all of those guys, like the early Blizzard guys were all in their like early 20s when this was happening. Like imagine early 20s Chris Metzen writing stuff. Sure. And, like, when you're in your early 20s, drawing a bong is hilarious. Yeah. Because, I mean, you probably have one, right? So you're like, hey, let's put that bong in there. Like, you're like, I need to add some more stuff. Uh, this, what's this the, the, yeah. I have this elf skull bong. Yeah. Here's this Farrah Fawcett poster. <laughs> there, yeah, there was that weird poster inside the... Closet. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. There, I was joking about something that would have been in Chris Metzen or Samwise Didier's room at the time, but... I wonder what that was like culturally. Like, I wonder what Blizzard was like culturally in the, like, we just shipped Warcraft 2. Right. And Starcraft is really anticipated. Yep. Like, what those guys seem like the kind of guys that would have been bad as rock stars. Like And yet they kept everything together, right? The, like, Blizzard has, has lasted a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they, I think there were some cooler heads at the top. Like, I mean, Mike Morham does not seem like, uh, like as broy as the rest of the, like that metal band that they formed in house was just like really tasteless. You know, Did they, was that the Torin? Yeah. yeah. Oh, was that in house? I thought that was. Yeah, it I was. Thought that was some outside guys that. No, that, that just was got like famous because the, of. No, that was like the like the was like department heads were that oh, bad. I didn't know, yeah. know that either. I, I didn't know that that was. I've trouble. never heard of this. Is this like uh, what was it? What was tasteless about it? It was just like they had a song called "Rogues Do It From Behind," and like it okay. was just like it was just like a 
gross, like tacky, broy metal bit, you know, like. So the change in culture uh, at this BlizzCon, Weird Al is playing. It sounds like. Yeah, Weird Al is playing instead of Ozzy Osbourne. So that's cool. <laughs> like that, um, that indicates a, a bit of a sea change. I wonder if Jay Moore is still there. That guy, that night, Jay Moore demonstrated himself to be one of the hardest working people in show business for my money. Because um, he just was like emceeing it for hmm. hours and hours and hours and hours and just like making shit up and ad-libbing and just like being really enthusiastic about being there. And like, that's weird. <laughs> like, he must just like video games and is, you know, like an actor. Right. So, I... It felt very generically adventure game to me. Like it didn't, yeah. it did not stand out in any way. Very little of what we like about Warcraft lore, yeah, was existed at that time. Yep. Right. Like so much of, so much of what ended up becoming the world of World of Warcraft was world was Warcraft three. Right. Right. There were just the names of some things like Azeroth was a, a kingdom, right? Like there was Azeroth and Lordaeron in Warcraft one. I think, I think there were just two adjacent human kingdoms. And then eventually Azeroth became the planet. And in so since I saw the, tr- the intro cinematic sequence to Warcraft two recently, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Uh, the orcs sail from one place to another to invade at the beginning of Warcraft 2. Right. Wasn't the the Dark Portal was an expansion. Right? I don't remember. They do mention in the nah. game that like the second Dark Portal being destroyed or something. In and, the adventure game? Yeah. And like hmm. the, the the whole notion is that everybody leaves the the one continent to go to Durotar at the end of to, or no, at the end of three. that, everyone leaves. Like the humans. No, no, and no. The, the the orcs. The orcs all leave to, to, and to try to, to, to make a, to have a like to have their own world. Yeah. yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. It's been it's been ten years since I've played. Maybe no, eight years since I played World of Warcraft. And the movie didn't uh, didn't, didn't jog your memory. It did not. What if they make another movie and it's just all of the cartoons from Warcraft Adventures, Lord of the Clans? <laughs> just a playthrough? <laughs> yeah. No, just the cutscenes. <laughs> and uh, it's like they get Ralph Bakshi to fill in the missing parts and um, <laughs> play it like Rush does the soundtrack. <laughs> They'd be cheap. Yeah. What's Rush doing now? <laughs> Uh, so we decided to take the advice of somebody who sent in a listener's mail uh, for our next assignment, and we're going to play a Sega Zelda-like game called Golvelius, which uh, has been described as a, an overlooked gem of the of the Sega catalog. The last time something was described like that, uh, we played that Hydlide ass garbage that was Ease the Awakened, Vanished Omens, Vanished Omens, Vanishing Omens, Vanished Omens. Uh, and so I hope that Golvelius will be good. Um, and if not, it's on you, whoever wrote that. While you're looking that up, why don't you look up how to spell Golvelius? Or- it was Rusty Old Tunes, and it is G-O-L-V-E-L-L-I-U-S. It was Sega's 8-bit Zelda clone that still holds up well. 
Cool. He says he's a captain of the losing side of the console wars of the late 80s, and he's recommending Gold Velas. We need to play something that, we, like, I'm going to be out of town for a while, so we need to play something that can play on emulation and that Rift doesn't have to not play because it's a PC game. <laughs> yep. Grrr. We got we to gotta fix this riff. <laughs> Do you guys know who this episode of Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? Uh, by Oscar our- Meyer. Oh. Our generous Patreon backers, such as Oscar Mayer. Also, actually, before we before we start listing them off, uh, I created for our Patreon backers today a uh, Google spreadsheet that everyone can put their 3DS friend codes on. Oh. So if you are on our Slack because you are a patron, then uh, then uh, check that out. It's pinned in the games channel, and you can acquire a bunch of new 3DS friends. What what does that do? How do 3DS friends work? It's different depending on the game involved, I think. But besides that, it also like like if one of your friends is online at the same time as you, it'll blink a little light on the corner of your 3DS to let you know. And, and you can draw a picture of a dick and send it to them on a little post-it note? Yeah, probably. Huh. Speaking of which, this episode is brought to us by generous Patreon backer Dick Post-it Note. <laughs> Beef Wellington. Um, Pargus Standard. I can't pronounce this. I'm sorry. Well, Beefington. (laughs) (laughs) Photocrat Godoblat. (laughs) Golly Velius. Chips Fishin'. (laughs) Riff, come on. Uh, I'm just enjoying yours so much. (laughs) (laughs) Macy Recordando. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> nice. We're getting some exotic uh, Latin lovers up yeah. in the house. Uh, Elmer F- Flansberry. <laughs> uh, this one's just a picture of a dick. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's me. Oh, I, uh, oh. <laughs> I backed it as a test. Okay. <laughs> also, I legally changed my name to a picture of a dick. <laughs> Gentlemen. Oh, that's how you signed your credit card receipts anyway. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 263 of Video Games Hot Dog with you guys, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. And if you don't, you won't. Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Good night. Pew. Beep, boop. We need to come up with a festive Thanksgiving version of our theme song. (laughs) Gobble, 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 gobble. Yeah, replace the square wave with a chicken, with a turkey gobble sound. Okay. Riff, give me a clean gobble. Gobble. Is is that a clean gobble? (laughs) Give me a clean gobble, gobble, gobble. 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 Gobble.